0: The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, UnitedHealthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
1: Hello, and welcome to Recharge Wrestling. We're here to plug you into the world of professional wrestling. I'm Fisher, and I'm here with my co hosts. Nobody today. Bit of an unusual one um but we don't normally do a solo video for the uh thursday podcast sometimes i'll do an aw review set put just on the youtube channel um but last minute not been able to get anyone else on the pod um so i was nearly thought, well shall i not bother doing any content this week but i thought do you know what i'm just gonna do a quick video where I summarize the news in wrestling um, that my thoughts on the weekly shows and answer any Twitter questions that come through whilst I'm uh, I've posted on our Twitter um, a, a few minutes ago only. I, unfortunately, I wish I'd have done it earlier. I might've got some questions in that I could answer from the viewers. Um, but this is, this is the best I'm going to be able to do this week. Not sure if this is, if um, if you're going to be watching on YouTube or podcast yet, it's definitely gonna be up on the YouTube channel. So like, and subscribe if you're watching from there and uh, yeah, Follow us on Twitter at RechargeWrestle if you're listening and you don't follow us already on there. Um, We're going to have predictions coming up next week for Clash at the Castle and All Out, so that's quite big. Don't think we're going to bother with NXT uh, Worlds Collide because there's three shows on the same weekend. It's all a little bit too much. Um, It might be a bit chaotic trying to get everyone's predictions in um, for that, but we'll do the other two shows for certain um but yeah so i'm gonna start with wwe stuff um talk about that for a bit and then i'll talk about aw afterwards like i say um like and subscribe if you're watching this on youtube want to give a shout out to somebody this week um a new listener or watcher um his name is vas commented on our youtube last week on the podcast said he really enjoyed it followed us on twitter and said the same thank you very much for your kind words um, we hope I hope you enjoy the show, even though it's just me. It's no, never as good if it's just me talking to a camera. We haven't got the ban- banter bouncing around that we normally have. But I hope, you know, you can still enjoy this video for however long I managed to record for. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, let's get into it. I'll start talking about WWE. So last week's SmackDown, we'll start with that. Uh, started quite chaotic, didn't it? Roman, uh, Ronda Rousey was in the ring saying so she's not leaving until the suspended sp- suspension was lifted. Uh, Adam Pearce come out with security. She puts an armbar in one of them, beats them up, and then Roman Reigns turns up in a in a car. Uh, what I loved about last week's um, SmackDown and and Raw, but SmackDown in particular was the crowds. So we had Canada um, hosting the shows, one in I think Montreal and one in Toronto, and. The Friday show in particular had an amazing atmosphere. Um, Really, really liked it. Started off with a tag team match between uh, Natalia and Sonia Deville versus the surprise opponents of toxic attraction. Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark couldn't make the show or an injury. I'm not really sure exactly what happened there. Um, that was cool to see toxic attraction. And they actually got a win as well, which was pretty surprising. I didn't expect that. So they advanced the next round, but it's been announced since that, that that is now, of course, off because Gigi Dolan suffered an injury, which is a real, real shame. Um, yeah, so that's a bit annoying. By the way, I also just want to add, I was going to say at the start, I've got a new camera finally. Last week I was disappearing in and out of the video. Hopefully this week, my if you're watching on YouTube, it should be far, far better than it has been the last couple of weeks for me because although I was here the last couple of weeks and along with the other guys, you couldn't see me very well. I was doing a John Cena, not being able to be seen. Um, But yeah, hopefully, considering it's just me on here. Luckily, I bought a new camera this week uh, and I'm able to record. Then we got a great segment on SmackDown with Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns backstage. Roman actually wanted to see Sami here um, and he was... Sammy was ranting about Jay Uso, saying he's ungrateful for his help. The phone rings at one point and Sammy answers it and it's Jay. Uh Roman says, you know, at least you're here because he's disappointed the other Uso's can't make it over the border. I'm not sure if that's to do with their DUIs. I think it might be the DUI of uh, Jimmy. Um, Roman says the IC title would look good in the bloodline. Sammy Zane has a qualifying match later on. For that, uh, number one contenders, Fatal 5-Way. And then what I really liked is uh, before he left, Roman asked Sammy if he's still tight with Kevin Owens, which was brilliant um, and kind of plays into Owens as kind of being involved in this feud now where I feel like we're going to eventually get the Sami Zayn and KO versus the Usos, which if you've been listening to the podcast, you'll know I've been advocating for for a long time um, since basically this Bloodline storyline started with Sami Zayn. Um, but yeah, this was... Um, This was a really, really cool segment. Then we got Maximum Male Models in the ring getting booed out of the building. Real heat for them. Uh, And then Hit Row come, take them out. They got a pop at first, but then they did a rap and it lasted, like it was a genuine song, a performance of a song for like two, three minutes. And I did hear a few boos at the end of it. I think some of the crowd don't want to see a musical performance uh, in a a wrestling show in the middle of the ring. I kind of get that. I enjoy Hit Row and what they do, but I can understand why some fans might not. Uh, like that and I'm not sure that's that will go down too well in the long run I think doing little raps and promos similar to what the acclaimed do um, is fine and obviously doing their normal gimmick is fine but yeah I don't think we need long performances it might get over but I I have my doubts about that one um, I liked it but it's just I'm on about other people really um, then we got a fire, uh, a promo from uh, carrying across the scarlet, which was quite good. Then we had that fight fate five way, and sammy Zayn in Canada gets a stone cold style pop when he comes out. It was absolutely mad, and the match was fantastic. They really played on this as well. With sammy getting a fake injury, getting to come into the back and then coming back in the ring, getting loads of near falls. Um, Really, really good match. Uh, brilliant stuff. Cole mentioned El Generico, which obviously is obviously Sammy Zayn's old gimmick on commentary, which I thought was really cool. Um, Sheamus was doing a of the bowing on everyone. There was there was so much, so many cool spots in this. It was a really, really great match. Um, Ricochet nearly won it at one point, was shooting star press and Corbin. That was just before Sammy came back in, but in the end, Sheamus ended up ended up hitting a broke kick on. Uh, happy Corbin and getting the pin, which I think is the right call because I've been wanting, again, if if you've listened to the podcast, you'll know uh, Seamus versus Gunter, particularly at Clash because I'm going to be there live. I've wanted that match badly uh, to happen at Clash and I'm so glad we're getting it. The Intercontinental title finally defended on a pay-per-view and uh, yeah, Seamus versus Gunter. That is awesome. Uh, so yeah, really hyped about that. Uh, we then got Viking Raiders hosting a funeral for the New Day. This segment was okay. Got a little cameo from Sarah Logan, which was kind of cool. But other than that, um, yeah, it was just all right. Then we got Liv versus Shotzi. Um, decent little match. <coughs> and uh, yeah, Liv winning with a recoil and then the Oblivion. Uh, Shayna Baszler afterwards comes down with an attack on Live. Liv. Goes to break the arm, but then just kicks her in the face and says she'd rather take her arm and her title at Cardiff, which makes sense, rather than injuring her now. I quite like that. Um, so, yeah, that was that was enjoyable. So I'm just going to have a quick drink. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of like, I really like the, the presentation in the last few weeks of Shayna Baszler. It feels much more like what she should be doing. And I know Triple H, obviously, is a big fan. We saw her push big time in NXT. Um, then we got Roman and Drew. Uh, at the end of the show, uh, they go back and forth. Really good promos from the two of them. Uh, Drew wants to fight. They brawl a little bit, and then Sammy Zayn ends up coming back out and taking a claymore for Roman, which was really cool. Roman goes for a spear, but gets uh, claymored by Drew as well. And Drew ends on top, which is interesting, um, with a couple of weeks before they meet, obviously, at uh, Clash of the Castle. Overall, uh, thoughts on SmackDown, was, it was a good show. Uh, more good wrestling. That Fatal 5-Way was brilliant. Uh, the Sami Zayn storyline as well around that with Roman, really, really good stuff there. Drew was good on the show. Um, were, other matches were okay. And yeah, hit, hit Row was enjoyable, but I do wonder whether they're going to do that again. Overall, pretty good show. Raw, then on that. And that had a chaotic start as well with Seth and Riddle brawling everywhere through the crowd and in backstage. I like it when they do this kind of start where it doesn't feel like it's necessarily a scripted TV show where everything goes in order. And then the first segment of the show, the actual proper one was Trish Stratus coming out. And I like these celebrity, well not celebrity, legend, sorry, returning for their hometown bits. And sometimes I criticised it in the past when Jodie, the King Lawler's come out and he would not be bothered, but we're getting Kurt Angle next week and we've got Trish Stratus here. So I like that. Um, if they're going to be used in something that's interesting and Trish was here, obviously she'd been at the live shows over the weekend as well. And she was interrupted by Bailey and Dakota Kai of sky quite quickly, Belair comes out to Trish's defense. It was quite obvious where they were going with this. Um, but then that led to the tag match, some really good stuff from Trish here. She teased a match with Bailey. Um, and then we got the taxing tournament match between Asuka and Alexa versus sky and Dakota Kai. Um, good good match not lot else to say about it and it ended in a roll-up I believe which here I don't mind because we're getting the, the six-woman tag at the clash at the castle and I feel like you need to keep both of these teams quite strong going into that so I didn't mind a roll-up finish for this one match um which obviously was won by the heels which I think again is the right decision I think they should be the first not the first tag team champions but you know the the new tag team champions then we got a banger of a match between Ziggler and Balor um you know, you'll know, you all know I'm a Dolph Ziggler fan and I'm a, I'm really enjoying his current, I, w- I want to say push, but he's losing matches, but what he's doing at the moment, uh, he's having really good matches on TV every week I uh, like the little bit backstage where he sort of slaps Balor, Um, that was good but he had a match itself, really, really good the, the crowd were really into it as well here um, there was Near Falls obviously the famous there, the zigzag, everyone kicks out of them, but they still get a reaction Really, really good stuff. And then Dolph did a headbutt, and I thought, you know, it looked like he was going to win. Rhea behind the ref's back, while the ref was checking on Finn, punches Dolph. That's the nineteen sixteen, and the coup de grace from Finn to win. But it was a really, really good match. Um, then we got uh, the Alpha Academy Open Challenge. Uh, good, good promo, Hill Heat from uh, Gable here, basically talking about hockey, Tim Hortons, all sorts of stuff to get heat from the Canadian crowd. And then obviously I was thinking who's coming out here. It's got to be a Canadian and Kevin Owens comes out a bit confusing as Kevin Owens has been positioned kind of as a heel, but obviously in Canada, he's going to be a baby face and I think the baby face turn might be coming anyway, but yeah, uh, he gets a massive reaction. Obviously they put on a banger of a match as well. Really, really good in-ring wrestling. Gable's so good. Loads of good suplexes from him, including one on the apron. Um, yeah, a bit KO did a big splash that was awesome. Gable kicked out of that. Uh, Gable did a diving the headbutt. There's all sorts of cool moves in this, um, and in the end, KO won in his old 2016 KO style ring game as well, which I like with a pop up power bomb and not the stunner. Um, so I thought this was all really really cool. Um, after the match, Otis attacked KO, and the crowd recrant- were The crowd were chanting for Sammy here, and I thought, is this the moment when we get Sammy and? KO reunited. Sammy's going to be on Raw here, but KO beat them up on his own and didn't need Sammy's help. So KO comes out on top and looks great. The only misstep I would say is the crowd did chant for Sammy, so maybe they, maybe that was always going to happen in Canada. Um, then we got Bailey versus Aaliyah. Now Aaliyah, of course, is from Toronto in Canada, um, so that was the main reason she, where she was here. I think she was only put on this Raw. To give her a match in her hometown, she'd be, you could see she was so emotional. She was crying coming down to the ring, which you don't want to be doing that before a match, really. Um, it's not ideal. And I felt a bit sorry for her because even though, yeah, she's performing in her hometown, she probably loved it. The crowd didn't really react to her that much. She's not a big star in WWE terms. And when you've got people like Owens and Trish on the show and Edge, of course, in the main event, she kind of just goes under the radar really. And she was just there to get beaten by Bailey. The crowd were quite quiet for this match. I felt a bit bad for them. And I actually thought it was a bit of a waste of Bailey's first match back because they would talked about her first match back being back at clash of the castle in the six women tag. And I thought she was going to be safe for that, but they did give her a singles match here. And I don't really understand why Um, it could have given Aaliyah a match against somebody else and have Aaliyah get a hometown win would have been something for Aaliyah, Maybe. Um, Yeah, I didn't really understand why they did this. This was a little bit of a down point of the show for me. Then you got uh, a cool tag match. Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles versus Champer and Miz. A a tag tag match, even though it's kind of randomly put together, that makes sense based on the the feuds and the way that it's been going. The match was good. Didn't go too long. Um, And then a decoy guy uh, grabs AJ in the crowd. Didn't know who that was. But then on the other side of the ring, a guy with a helmet takes his helmet off. It's Dexter Loomis. And he basically kidnaps the Miz. Gets the match DQ'd. A DQ finish. Not overly keen on that. But the Dexter Loomis storyline is intriguing. uh, And I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. So not not too upset with that. Then we got the huge huge moment, the big return of Johnny Gargano to WWE and this came out of nowhere, it wasn't advertised or anything it wasn't even rumoured particularly strongly for this particular show the advert break, come back and his music just hit and I was like, huh? Okay, and the crowd even took a few seconds I think to realise but then they did pop huge and they were chanting Johnny Wrestling great to see him back, I've wanted him to come back to WWE I don't think he would have been pushed massively in AEW um, and with Champa there Dexter Loom is back it made sense didn't it and Triple H in charge who loves Johnny Gargano so yeah I was all for this great to see him back he cut a really cool babyface promo here uh, Theory interrupted him which I think is a good call for his first feud as well um, he, he made some good points about already achieving things that Johnny wants to achieve like being a champion wrestling at WrestleMania that kind of stuff good point from him but then he kind of took it too far and insulted him saying he can carry his bags for him I wanted to do one last half high five for the old, old time's sake, but uh, Gargano hit him with a super kick. So I think we're getting the first feud between Theory and Gargano, which is interesting because Theory's the money in the bank holder. So in the Theory, in Theory, you don't want him to lose. Um, but Gargano, It's Gargano's first match back. Surely he would win that match. But do you put the briefcase on the line and put the briefcase on Johnny Gargano? Is that too soon? Is it a good idea? I'm not sure. Let me know what you think in the comments or on Twitter, because it's an interesting dilemma, I would say, um, for Triple H going forward. Then we got the main event, which was Edge versus Damien Priest. And I just want to say, first of all, how cool it was to see Edge wrestle on Monday Night Raw. Like, it's such a rare thing. And obviously, he hadn't wrestled in Toronto. They, They talked about it a lot in over a decade. I thought him and Priest had a really good match. Slow paced, sure. But it got going, and it was really, really good in the end. And Edge did some stuff I haven't seen him do, well, ever in a Canadian Destroyer and in years. And also, like Priest hitting prettier, which is Christian's move. Like, little things like that in the match made it really cool. Really good details. So, yeah, very enjoyable stuff that was. Um, I'm just going to quickly turn the light on. I'll be back in one second. I think that's better. Sorry, audio listeners for the gap. But, yeah, much better on my camera, that. So where was I? So Edge, yeah, brilliant match. Um, and I loved the the stuff that happened afterwards as well. There was some, again, callbacks, Edge using the crossface with the bar. The ref took a bump in this match. Low Blow by Rhea, coup de grace by Finn afterwards, things like that. And then they showed Beth Phoenix ringside before the match. So I guessed something was going to happen with her on this show. But it was really cool because she then uh, got up with a steel chair at the end and sort of... Uh, Went face-to-face with Rhea Ripley. I think we're going to get a mixed tag. Hopefully it clash. Like I say, I'm going to that show. So I hope we get maybe Edge, Ray, and Beth versus Priest, Finn, and Rhea. I think that's the perfect match to do here. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing a one-on-one between Rhea and Beth at some point, maybe, is a cool match to do. But for now, I think that's the match to do. Uh, Bring Ray into the storyline, and then you've got the the thing of whose side's Dom going to be on. That's that's the storyline really here, isn't it? Um, so I think that makes it interesting as well. You can have him return at Clash. You think he's going to side with Ray, and then he doesn't, or we can side with Ray. Like you can go either way with it. But that was Raw. Thought it was a really good show. Loads of good wrestling on it. Great debut for Johnny Gargano. Cool s- spots for the Canadian contingent, or more. Really, really good stuff here. Uh, I'll talk briefly about NXT. Uh, not going to go too long on NXT um, because. Last week was kind of the big week for NXT. This week was a little bit of a filler one. And we got more introductions to sort of NXT UK people head of Worlds Collide. Um, Tyler Bate comes out in the first segment. Um, Bron invites him out for a chat. Confirms both belts are on the line at Worlds Collide. Simple but effective segment. we got Briggs and Jensen versus Gallus on the show. That kind of ended in a big brawl between... Um, then pretty deadly. Lash Legend come out to football with Fallon. So I think we're getting that as a single feud spin off the list, but also um, Diamond Mine. So I think what I think we're going to get in the end is a four way match to unify the titles. Briggs and Jensen, Gallus, pretty deadly in Diamond Mine, um, which I, I think I suggested last week on the podcast. Chase, you had a segment on him and another person introduced me in next to UK, Charlie Dempsey. G- good to see him. I was a little bit worried when we didn't see him last week. I hadn't heard he'd been released along with a lot of the other UK people. And I thought surely they're not going to release him. And they didn't. Um, and they found a use from here. Did think his gimmick was a little bit like Timothy Thatcher's was before, where he was kind of uh, having a go at the students and stuff. But I'm sure they're going to do it slightly differently. And Charlie Dempsey's great. So, yeah, good on him. Then there was a segment with Grayson Waller and uh, Apollo Crews. <sighs> Wasn't that into it. Grayson Waller doing a talk show. And it did feel, I mean, Apollo called him a budget miss at one point, and it felt like a budget Miz segment, in honestly. Um, they were insulting each other. There was a few good lines, a few good jibes. Um, but yeah, I like the bit as well, actually, Grayson Waller addressing that Apollo doesn't have his accent anymore that he was putting on. Um, I'm glad they kind of addressed that because it's kind of annoying when they do stuff like that. So there were some good bits in it, but, yeah, it 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 wasn't great. It was okay. it was just okay. Then we had Javier Bernal versus Cameron Grimes. This was purely there to have Schism watch over Cameron Grimes because he then watches over their match later on. Um, Bernal seems a bit odd. Um, he was annoying the security guy a couple of times in the show and he called him a prick a couple of times. Bit random, never seen him before. I know he's been on and uh level up and stuff. Then we got in the Hartwell vs Blair Davenport. Now, this was interesting because obviously Blair Davenport come over from NXT UK. The match itself wasn't a lot to it, a little bit botchy, sloppy, wasn't that good. I didn't think, but um, afterwards, uh. Blair Davenport cut a promo about being a number one contender for the NXT UK title. Mandy then come out and introduces herself, and it's quite surprising. that we got Mako Satamura, which was awesome. Uh, they were going to do a champion versus champion match. Blair wanted in, and he ended up getting a triple threat with both titles on the line, which I think is a cool thing. That match will be really, really good, I'm sure. Um, but the interesting thing after that was Indy Hartwell was still sat in the ring. Um, And there was a huge pop. She was cutting a promo, a bit emotional on the apron. Huge pop suddenly happens, and Dexter Loomis pops up. Um, Obviously, he's been on the main roster. They reunite, kiss of the ring backstage, and then Dexter gets arrested. But I do think that this is leading to Indy Hartwell going to the main roster. I don't really see any other direction for her in NXT now. Dexter's on the main roster. He's been shown every the last three, four weeks on Raw. He's got to get out of jail when Indy come to the main roster with him and continue Index on the main roster. And it's index is so over, like, some people don't like it. It's not for everybody, but the crowds popped for it. And when he took and when he revealed his helmet on Raw, I was surprised at how many people knew who he was and like popped for him and got genuinely excited. I'm happy for him, man. I'm glad he's back in that sense. He's not like an amazing in ring wrestler, but he has, his gimmick offers something different to the roster. We then got Legado del Fantasma versus the Dyad. Um, Good to see um, Zach Gibson and James Drake wrestle, even though they're in new gimmicks and they weren't as good. Um, The match was decent enough. Again, though, the the story, and I like this bit, was the after angle. So Legado lost, which made sense. They go to leave the arena, a little bit distraught, and then who picks them up? Santos Escobar, and he goes, you thought I'd leave without you. Um, which was a cool line. They'll get in the car and go, I'm assuming off to SmackDown on Friday. Um, I hope so anyway. I don't think Raw needs them, but I think SmackDown, there'll be a welcome addition to the roster. The bloodline versus the Guardo del Fantasma at some point appeals to me massively. And you could even do like the Brawling Brutes, uh, Walter, uh, sorry, Gunter and Kaiser, people like that. There's plenty of people they are confused with. Or if you wanted to turn them heel, the New Day. Um, so yeah, Really, really uh, interesting what they're going to do with them. Then we got Tyler Bate versus Von Wagner. The match was good because it's a Tyler Bate match. Um, that's what I basically put in my notes here. There's a great counter where um, Wagner went to do a choke slam, but Bate kind of rolled over and they did a punch. Lovely spinning move off the top rope as well to win it. Tyler Bate is so good. I think they just wanted to give him a showcase ahead of World's Collide. And the main event was a lights out match between Tiffany Stratton and Wendy Chu. This feud feels like it's gone on forever a little bit, but this match delivered, I thought it was pretty fun. Um, lights literally go out they were using silly weapons like tennis rackets and Lego but yeah I, I thought they both delivered this match quite well the Lego spots they did I think botch won but then they did it again and it looked quite cool I like the the Uranagi style move that Chew did onto the bed and then she did a splash off uh, the top rope to win the main event yeah NXT was okay this week it wasn't anything special I don't think but it was good So let's go on into AEW chat. And first of all, I think the news to talk about from AEW is the locker room stuff that's been talked about a lot in the last uh, week or so in particular. CM Punk and Hangman Page and backstage heat with him and what happened to him on Dynamite. Is that anything to do with that? Stuff with the women's division. Seems to be a little bit of carnage going on in AEW at the moment, which I'm sure will improve now that they've got talent relations, people hired, and uh, Eddie Kingston as well has been briefly suspended for uh, altercation with Sammy Guevara. Apparently Sammy Guevara mocked his weight. Kingston reacted, swung a punch, something like that. Got suspended for a couple of weeks. think he's due back on dynamite maybe soon in the next couple of weeks. It all sounds a bit silly, but I'm sure the show will be fine and go on. But let's talk about, I'll briefly talk about Rampage because that feels like a long time ago. A match was made between Dustin and Claudia, Dustin Rhodes and Claudia Castagnoli, for the Ring of Honor world title. Respectful promo between the two. That's happening this Friday. We got a banger of a match with um, Private Party and Swerve Our Glory. That was good. Not allowed us to say about it. Uh, it was a title match and Swerve Our Glory won. Um, we got that, was that K- Zach Clayton versus Hook match, which was made a couple of weeks ago. Hook beat him in one move. Hook is always presented like a badass and I love the present- presentation of Hook but I do wish they'd give him a little bit more of a meaty storyline where he can actually get involved with someone a bit better. Uh, Buddy Matthews then got a cool squash match. He hasn't had enough one-on-one matches in AW; Barely been shown that much. So for him to have that I thought was effective against Sir Pentico. Beat him easily as well. Then we've got Penelope Ford, her first match in a while on TV. I think she's been on Dark or Dark Elevation. Had a match against Athena. It was decent stuff. Athena won it. Attack afterwards. Uh, Jade smashes Athena's uh, wings on her costume with a hammer. Then we got Best Friends versus the Trustbusters, who are somehow in the main event again. I don't really get why they keep pushing them to this extent, but yeah, um, I I don't know. I'm not sure about this one. Match was okay. Um, In the end... Van uh helps them, helps the best friends. Curse is slim. Double choke slam and then a cool triple move to win it from the best friends with um, a splash from Orange. Uh, Rampage has been a, a bit rubbish recently if I'm being honest. This wasn't too bad a show. I thought there was a couple of decent matches on it but I'm just not that interested in it at the moment. It feels like when they don't go live on Rampage, they don't do a lot with it. And I think most of the best stuff now, they're leaving it for Dynamite. And it is getting like half a viewership, so you can't blame them. But at the same time, you're not going to get that viewership back up if you don't do anything with the show. So it's a bit of a shame. It feels like there's a sort of roster split. I mean, in that trios tournament, there's even a a Dynamite side on a Rampage side. So it does feel like there's a, a soft roster split. People do cross over, but like, yeah, there's some people that are only going to be on Rampage and they're like lower card or mid card. Um, And then there's some people that never appear on Rampage Because they feel like they're too big It's a bit of a weird one Anyway, let's get to Dynamite Because this was a much more interesting show And there's so much to talk about Starts off with Chris Jericho Um, He wants to bring out Daniel Garcia After his uh, match and situation with Brian last week He looked conflicted Chris wanted an apology Really passionate promo from Garcia Saying that Chris ruined his moment Which I thought was very true um, Chris tries to sort of bullying him into saying he's a sports entertainer. Brian comes out and basically says, look, you can be whatever you want to be. Don't listen to him. Ends in a bit of a scuffle between Garcia and Jericho with Jericho ending up on his ass. Uh Garcia just leaves. Brian and Jericho then cut a promo over who's better, which is really was really good actually. They uh, arrange a match for all out and then Jake Hager took out Brian Danielson at the end of it and uh, the heel stood tall. But Jericho B. Bryan's an interesting match fallout. One of the bigger matches on the card because the card's not looking as good as I was hoping. A couple of those are due to injury. A couple of them are up in the air. We don't know what the title view's going to be. The women's title match has been scrapped. So, yeah, this is one of the better matches probably on the card, to be honest. Sorry about me uh, drinking and pausing because it's, uh, what, it's hard to talk for this long on your own uh, trying to get through this video. Just cover everything, really. Um, the first match of the night came from uh, Dax Harwood and Jay Lethal. A really good technical match, which is what you would expect. Decent stuff. Wasn't a massive fan of the finish with Lethal winning it by uh, roll up and grabbing the tights. Six-man tag arranged for all out, but Jay Lethal put a bit of a surprise here by saying it's not against who you think it is. its is. Mo- we're teaming up with the Motor City Machine Guns, um, which is a cool a cool match to have. So that's something different. For all out that'll be good i'm sure then we got a small promo from Thunder rosa and i thought she deserved a bit better here when cm punk had to drop his title i saw a comparison he got 10 minute segment i think in the ring Thunder rosa got a 45 second promo um seemed very upset came out of the blue she's she can't be she can't wrestle at the moment because she's injured so we're getting another interim champion it's a fatal four-way. Now, Tony Storm obviously was meant to be in the match with Rosa, so she's in it. But we've written Britt Baker, Jamie Hater, and H- H- Hikaru Shida. My first thought was, can we not get some different women? Like, it's the same ones all the time. Baker, how many times in the title match? Shida, how many times? Um, even Storm, to an extent, already has had a couple, and I think she should win the match and be the champion going forward, to be honest. I don't want to see any of the others hold it. But yeah, I just, I don't care enough. Honestly, they're, they're not booking the women's division well. It's the same people over and over again, feuding with the same people over and over again. And yeah, the match will be good. It's, I'm sure wrestling-wise it'll be decent, but I don't really, it's, it's just a shame. I, I I think the Rosa Storm storyline had some legs to it and they could have built it in the next few weeks more, but this obviously isn't as good. Um, That's what we're going to have to get. Then we got the Acclaimed. Uh, they, they did a funny rap about Billy should have used the condom, things like that. Um, and then we got Billy, Billy Gunn versus Colton Gunn. So father versus son. Bit of a weird match to just do one-on-one here. Um, but Colton won against his dad. Um, low blow. There was cheating going on. There was tack outside with the boombox mistake halfway. Yeah, beat down afterwards. And, and Swerve and Keith Lee made the save in a later segment. The Acclaimed and Swerve in Our Glory then made a tag match fall out. I did say a few weeks ago, I think we've all said it, that the Acclaimed maybe should get a tag title run soon So they feel like the most over-tagged team, apart from maybe FTR, but they don't need another belt. Um, and that may happen now. Uh, at least they're getting the opportunity to to go for it anyway and live on the card. Then we got a match between Britt Baker and Killing King. Kyle and King, sorry. Match was okay. Britt won with a locked jaw. Then you got all the women come out though in that match. Tony Storm, Hater, Sheeda, same old, same old. Then was the massive talking point from the show. So CM Punk, John Moxley, unification match. Now it was weird already that it was on Dynamite. Everyone was like, "Why is this not all out?" Then it wasn't even the main event. Just in the middle of the show, there was a couple of matches advertised. I was like, "Right, okay, these aren't happening." I looked at the clock on the how much time was left. Fifty minutes. I thought, "Well, even this match is going fifty minutes long, and they're not going to." do the other matches they planned and that's the whole surprise or something's up here and I couldn't believe what I saw yeah CM Punk got squashed he went for a kick hurt his foot sold his other foot which was weird and then Moxie did a couple of paradigm shifts and one in like one minute it was a bizarre, bizarre match I've seen so many mixed thoughts on this some people loved it and they think they're going to turn it into a story where Punk goes for the title again and and that, and that, maybe he turns heel or, or some other stuff. And then some people say that they built this match as a massive deal and then they delivered this. What the hell is that? And I kind of go with that more, but they can. It It is a wait and see thing and see what they do with it next week because they could turn it into a good angle. But in terms of like, if I was in the live crowd and I was really excited for that match, I would have been pissed off after they promised... Was, they kept talking about it on the commentary that it being like one of the biggest dynamites ever. I get the shock factor. It was a bit like the Cena Lesnar match we got a few years ago where like the squash happens and he didn't just did not expect it in seconds. But I don't know. I, I'm not sure on it, man. Uh, we'll have to see what happens. But I I was shocked. I thought Punk was gonna win and MJF was gonna confront him afterwards. That's what I thought was gonna happen and in, in the main event, but we didn't, we didn't get that, uh, any of that. So it was a quite odd. Christian accepted challenge for Jungle Boy's match at All Out. Um, and Ricky Starks also made a challenge to Hobbs for All Out. Then we got the main event, which was the trios match. Um, Death Triangle versus Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. Now, this was a banger, and it kind of made up for the lack of the other match. Kind of. But, you know, this was always going to be a good match, but it wasn't a big match, was it? Um, they Will Ospreay is phenomenal uh, he's so so good, I enjoyed him here Phoenix and Penta pack they're all great as well everyone in the ring got their spots in, it was high flying it was fast paced, it was everything you'd expect from a match with these guys in it there was stuff like cutters off the ropes there was an avalanche brain buster from Pack as well at one point some great sequences between Phoenix and Ospreay. Um, there was a black arrow where he got the knees up, so much going on then we had Boxman appear at the side, which is Kip Sabian. But again, bit like Dexter Loomis in WWE, decoy, Kip then hitting from behind, so he's finally back properly. So it looks like we're getting a feud between Kip Sabian and Pack for the All-Atlantic Championship. I, I think Will Ospreay's still in that mix as well. He's done promos, I know, outside of AEW, talking about that. So that's interestingly, that's three English guys. So I feel like this All-Atlantic Championship, it's very much being kept to uh, like non-American guys, non like North. America. I feel like it's like a European title, one way. mo at the moment, whether they they branch that out, um, but yeah, it's quite interesting um, to see that. Anyway, like I say, the match was fantastic. Uh, Aussie Open end up winning it. They they take advantage of the Kip Sabian thing, isolate Phoenix, pin him, and then we get a confrontation at the end. Kenny Kenny Omega comes out the Young Bucks. Kenny and Will Ospreay. That's that's big time that is. And obviously, the two tag teams behind that as well. That's going to happen next week. That's a cool end. It was a cool ending to the show, but obviously, it did. The, the title match was weird, what they did with it. And that brought the show down a level for me. I really enjoyed the stuff between Jericho and Brian at the start. Really enjoyed the main event. Not sure what to make of the punk situation. I think it's a wait and see thing, honestly. Um, yeah, the show was good, but a little bit disappointed with it. With the title match, to be honest with you. Anyway, I'm starting to get a sore throat now, doing all this talking at high speed on my own. Hopefully, next week we'll have a Fremantle pod, people's bounce off, at least two of us, at least two of us. Um, so, hopefully, all goes to plan. And I'll be the pod before Clash at the Castle. So, we'll have final hype for Clash, talking about uh, WWE from the last week. Obviously, there'll be some AEW talk as well. <laughs> hopefully. Three of us, uh, if not two of us, will be talking about that. Hopefully, this next week, because I've done a lot of AEW stuff on my own, hopefully the other guys will be able to do that as well. Like I say, follow us on Twitter at Recharge Wrestle. actually, on Recharge Wrestling. Like and subscribe. I've been Fisher. I hope you've enjoyed and been able to- If you've got to the end, I love you. Thank you. That's amazing because it must be difficult to just listen to one guy talk rather than the three of us. Like I say, it's a lot funnier and a lot better when we bounce off each other. But I thought I'd throw a video out anyway. Thanks very much for watching or listening. I'll see you next week. Goodbye.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.